I thought, uh, since the world is in such a mess, a few mantras would be useful. So we send some mantras out for the, uh, the may there be peace and sanity in the world, and may all of you be blessed, may the ashram thrive, uh, and we'll do the goddess mantras because the goddess holds the key. And uh, these are uh, goddess mantras, they're called bija mantras, which are each small syllable represents an aspect of the Divine Mother. And we'll do 27 of them. You can either alternate or do them all, if you like. And we'll begin with Kajananam. Okay.
Very good. We had a, a great intensive last week, and the topic was uh, what I call Baba's path, the way of the Shakti. And Baba was the great master of, of the Shakti, of the spiritual energy, the awakening, and then so on. So his path was the way of the Shakti. <clears throat> and um, I always try to do a particular great being before an intensive and after. And you might guess who that is. And you're right, it's Baba. <clears throat> so uh, tonight we'll uh, uh, hear from Baba again. And I like to begin my talks always as he always began his talks by saying in Hindi, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would say that his method of worship was to welcome another person because every person is the, is the embodiment of divinity. So in that spirit, I want to welcome you <coughs> and uh, let's see who we're talking about. So tonight I'm going. I'm drawing on Baba's 1974 tour of Australia, which I was on. I'd been in India in the Indian ashram for three years, and Baba invited me to accompany him on his second world tour. And a small party flew out to Australia, and this was a photograph of him during that tour. Next. Ah, this is also uh, from that tour, Baba and Company. Next. Same, at the same period. You have another one? Yeah. Ah, here we are. <coughs> this is Baba in uh, Sydney. You notice anybody on the left there? Yep, that's me. <clears throat> Baba loved going to the zoo. <laughs> Sydney Zoo, I think. He liked to talk to the lions. He loved lions. <clears throat> he was the lion of Guinnessburg. <clears throat> okay, great. So, I picked out tonight an interesting talk. <clears throat> it's Baba's final public address here in Melbourne. When he was uh, about to leave um, uh, for Tasmania. We all went to Tasmania, which was quite a trip. <clears throat> the only, my only trip to Tasmania was then. Um, but this was Baba's final talk, and you'll see his, his goodbye to Melbourne at the end, very beautiful. <clears throat> in this talk, Baba tells three different stories. He could be a great storyteller. So this is uh, Melbourne in uh, 1974 at St. Augustine's uh, Theater Church. Where's St. Augustine Church? Does anybody know? Where? Hmm? Hawthorne. Okay. <clears throat> Bible says, Satgurnath Maharaj Kijay, and Sapkovar Sanmanikya Satpam, etc. 
Today is the finale of our program in Melbourne. We had lectures and meditation, and today we had some chanting. Tomorrow we're going to Tasmania. My stay in Melbourne has been very successful. The Shakti has entered many people. Many people have discovered meditation, and many have found solutions to the problems troubling their minds. These are Baba's values, you know. That Baba's there so that people can receive Shakti, can receive the awakening. We, we stayed in a, in a place in Kew, on Wellington Street in Kew, and Baba would meet people every morning right on the lawn there, uh, and then we would have public programs on uh, many of the evenings. <clears throat> he says, whenever I went to give lecture, lectures, it was house full. Everyone has said how much they appreciated our visit to Melbourne. I welcome you all here. I'm very pleased with it all. Chant and meditate as much as possible every day. <clears throat> and then Baba's theme. Baba says, there's no one in the world who can do you harm to you or do you good. If there's anyone, it is you who harms yourself. Remember this, the Mahabharata, which is a great epic, in India they have um, these long texts. I don't know, we'd call them uh, fantasy novels or something like that. <clears throat> there's the Ramayana, which is the story of Ram, and then there's the Mahabharata, which is uh, Krishna and Arjuna and the, the Pandavas and the Kauravas. And then there's the Srimad Bhagavatam, the story of Krishna. Uh, so the, these epics, uh, full of stories and full of teachings, and every Indian uh, kid hears one or other of these. It's right in their blood. But he says the Mahabharata, which is a great epic, there's an important dialogue. That dialogue says that it's wrong understanding to think that someone else is responsible for our happiness or our distress. Vedanta also says the same thing. It is the mind, it's a quote, it is the mind that is the cause of bondage and is also the cause of liberation. There's no outer circumstance that makes us miserable and so on. It's our minds. Some say your nose, some say your toes. I say it's your mind. <clears throat> Baba says, man drifts here and there on account of the mind and experiences endless suffering. When the mind is pleased, there comes inner peace and love for the world. This is a tremendously important understanding to have. Because we're taught, it's a culture of blame. My happiness depends on this. My unhappiness is because of this. You did this to me. They did this to me, and so on. And uh, the yogis look at it differently. They say it doesn't matter what the external circumstances are. What matters is the condition of the mind. And when you have that realization, not theoretically, but you see that it's absolutely true, <clears throat> then you change the way you live your life because you start to curate your mind. You start to cultivate good mind states and avoid negative mind states. And then presto, when you start doing that, your life is transformed. 
and you realize how little it has to do with externals. I'm not saying that externals don't matter, because they do matter, but it's very important understanding. He says, it is our mind which gives us peace. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> not only our mind, but sometimes phlegm causes problems. <clears throat> it is our mind which gives us peace. It is our mind which makes us upset inside. So watch your mind. Make it better. Catch it when it starts wandering off here and there and turn it towards God and towards your inner self. If you don't do this and instead follow after it, run after the, the vagaries of the mind, the thoughts of the mind, if you run after that, uh, you can never be sure they won't drop you into a pit. <clears throat> Let people say what they like. You're always concerned about what people are saying. They say all kinds of things. There was a story about uh, the great saint uh, Lali, Lalita, the great saint of Kashmir, a woman saint, and uh, she, uh, she said, um, about praise and blame. She said she took a scarf and she went around. Every time someone praised her, she put a knot in the scarf. And every time someone blamed her, she put a knot in the other side of the scarf. And at the end, it still weighed exactly the same. So neither one really had any effect. So it's all how we receive it in our minds. He says, everyone speaks from their own point of view, but do they see the truth? You know what they call that? Opinion. The world of opinion. Do you love your own opinions? Everyone loves their own opinions. But my opinion is this. Which means that's the truth, we think. But nothing is more disgusting and boring and odious than other people's opinions. <clears throat> so remember that. If you want the peace of the self, you have to meditate on the self. When you want to overcome the turmoils of the waking state, you find rest and sleep, not in a cave or holy place or a temple. He's saying you don't, you don't find peace by going here and there. It's always going inward and then falling asleep. That's the only thing. And the same is true in meditation. When you bask in the self, he says in the same way, if you want to find peace of the self, you have to become absorbed in the self. The core of our being, the place where there is peace, where there is harmony, where there is love, where there is joy, there is such a place within every person. And we're all looking for it. We all want to feel good. We all want to feel secure. We all want to feel fulfilled. But notice it's all feel. We want to feel a certain way. And we try, to do, we try to arrange our external life to create that feeling. But if you think about it, it's an inner feeling. And the yogis, the meditators, approach it directly by going direct inside and finding that place inside. He says, meditate on the self and make the self your mind. No other way can you have so much peace. There are all sorts of people going around with all sorts of ideas and opinions, 
<clears throat> don't get interested in them. Get interested in finding peace in the self. I once read a story. This is a very long, <laughs> crazy story, but I'll do it anyway. <clears throat> Bobby used to love this one. Once a, there was a hot afternoon, an owl was sitting in a tree, and a swan flew over and sat there too. Phew, it's hot, Brother Owl, he said. The sun's bright, and I'm all hot and sweaty. What, what, said the owl? What are you saying, sun, sun, hot? When darkness gathers, it gets hot. See, the owl, the joke is the owl doesn't see, or sees very little, so doesn't know about the sun. <clears throat> What's the sun you're talking about? What are you trying to tell me? There's no such thing as the sun. What's this light that gets hot? It gets hot in, when in darkness, when darkness gathers. Are you trying to make a fool of me? The swan was flabbergasted with all this. How can I explain to this blind old owl, he thought. <clears throat> the great beings are like uh, the swan. They see the truth, but we're all like blind old owls in our ignorance. And they're always thinking, how can I explain the truth to these blind old owls who can't see the same reality? That's, that's why they teach us. <clears throat> he says, look, brother owl, I can see with my eyes. It's the middle of the day. The sun is shining brightly and it's hot. You're saying it's dark. How can I explain it to you? Let's go then, said the owl. There's a big tree over there where there are lots of owls. We'll ask them about it. Come on. We'll see if you're making a fool of me. They flew over. <laughs> don't get to uh, pay attention to the details too much here. <laughs> don't, don't be literal-minded, OK? <laughs> don't ask how he knew there was a tree over there. He could see it. Don't ask that question. <clears throat> they flew over there, and there are many blind owls there. The owl said, <clears throat> This one here says that it's the middle of the day and the sun is beating down and that there's light everywhere and that's why it's hot. What do you people say? What's all this, they cried. Our fathers and our fathers and their fathers, in fact, the whole of our community have never seen a sun. So there's no such thing as a sun. <clears throat> He's having you on. Don't listen to him. He'll corrupt our religion. We always have lived in darkness. He'll destroy our way of life. <clears throat> That's the sort of person he is. If you want, we'll take a majority vote on it. I'm trying hard not to make any jokes about American politics, by the way. So I'm trying hard not to. The owl got up and said, what's the truth? Does darkness exist? What is light? Darkness, they all cried, lifting up two hands at once. Now the owls have two hands. <clears throat> Why has it got so hot? Because it got dark. They cried, don't let him stay here. He'll spoil our religion. Drive him away. And they all surrounded the swan to drive him away. But there wasn't much they could do because it was daytime and they could hardly see anything. <laughs> the swan flew away. And as he flew, he thought, there's not much one man who knows the truth can do in the face of a majority of falsehoods. I think that's Baba talking about his experience. <clears throat> Baba says, there are many people like that who have different theories of life. But what I'm telling you is that if you want peace, you'll find it only in the self. The self is the foundation 
of the mind. It's all right, the, the core of the mind, the source of the mind. When the mind is quiet, the self shines forth. <clears throat> so if you want peace of mind, you'll find it in the self. Catch hold of your mind and turn it towards praising God and meditating on yourself. Shaivism says when the mind is focused outside, it's lost in thought in the mind. But if you turn that same mind inward, it gets absorbed in the self. You eventually learn to quiet it, and it gets absorbed in the self. He says, the mind is always affected by the company it keeps. So with every breath, turn your mind to meditation on the self and thinking about the highest. The mind is the root of everything, happiness, pain, anxiety. All absurdities and evils depend on the mind. The imaginings of the mind have a very strong effect on people. You know, you think, how can people believe this? They believe some idea and it becomes murderous. They believe another idea and it becomes murderous or pathetic. And how do they believe it? Well, their minds tell them it. And they follow their minds even against their own best interest. <clears throat> another story, story two. Trigger alert. <clears throat> there was an ashram far away in the jungle. And many students were living there as monks. One day the head of the ashram called one of them and sent him to a far-off town to buy provisions for the ashram. Salt, pepper, oil, and so on. <laughs> By the time the monk arrived at the town, it was evening, and he saw a wonderful sight. Baba says, in India we celebrate marriage with a lot of ritual and display. <clears throat> the groom is dressed up like a god, and he rides on a horse. It's probably the only time most of them ride on a horse is the day of the wedding. And the bride is also adorned and looks very beautiful. It's a wonderful scene. Nothing like a Hindu wedding, if you've seen them. <clears throat> the monk had never seen anything like it before. There was color and gaiety. A band was playing behind the groom as he rode, and people were fanning him as he passed through the streets. <clears throat> on his way to the bride's house for the marriage ceremony. The monk was so fascinated that he followed the procession. They reached the bride's house shortly, and the monk saw her. She was very beautiful and adorned like a goddess. <clears throat> they were married, and they took each other's hands and embraced each other, and all the time the monk was watching in amazement. The poor thing had been in the ashram since he was a child, and had never seen anything like it. <clears throat> the Ashramites should hold their ears now. <clears throat> he asked somebody what was happening, and that person started to tease him a bit. Well, that's another character. Hey, Baba, what's the fun in living in an ashram, wearing a loincloth, rubbing ash on yourself, and letting your hair get matted? That's what happens here. <clears throat> Look at this boy and girl. And he described it all and everything that happens afterwards very vividly. <clears throat> you don't know what it's like to enjoy yourself. You're wasting your time among those sadhus, those yogis. I pity you. The young monk listened to all this, then went away to stay overnight in a devotee's house. Next morning, got up early, 
went to the market and bought salt, pepper, oil, butter, etc. He was thinking to himself, that man I met last night was a real guru. Okay. <clears throat> I won't get anything from my own guru. What's the point of living in the jungle, meditating and saying mantras? There's nothing there, no cinema, no nightclubs, no girlfriends. <laughs> we have all that here, don't we? <laughs> it's a modern, modern ashram. <clears throat> he went back to the ashram and gave all the provisions he brought to the guru. Guruji said, please give me permission to go home. Why, said the guru. I saw the most wonderful things in the town. There's nothing here for me. But there, I'm going now. I'll get married and enjoy the world. You have my blessings, said the guru. Go. I won't stand in the way of your desires. <clears throat> that day, he finished all his duties. In the evening, he set off. Now he wasn't thinking about meditation, knowledge of God, renunciation, detachment, devotion, but about when he'd be sitting on a horse, when he would find a girl. <laughs> it's a good story, isn't it? <laughs> As he walked along, deep in these thoughts, <clears throat> night came. He stopped outside a small village where there was a well about 12 feet deep where the villagers drew their water. He decided to sleep there and get up early next morning so he could reach home. He was tired from walking, so he lay down beside the well and soon was fast asleep. In his sleep, he had a wonderful dream. <laughs> he dreamt that he had arrived home, met a nice girl, married her, and had two children. He was lying asleep in his bed with his wife in the middle and the children on the other side. The children were crying, so his wife said, move over a bit, can't you? And pushed him over. Can't you see they're crying? Move over, move over. The children were crying, and she was getting cross and telling them to move over. So he moved over in his sleep, and he fell into the well. He hurt his back. It was midnight, and there was quite a lot of water in the well, so he had to stay there till morning, groaning and calling out. In the morning, the women came to get water, and when they looked down inside, they saw the young monk. Hey, there's a baba in the well. There's a baba in the well, they cried. I'm <laughs> running off to the village. Someone brought a rope. It was lowered to him and tied it around himself and he was pulled up. Then the woman asked, Babaji, what happened? He said, I got married in a dream and when my wife told me to move over, I fell into the well, he said. <laughs> anyway, the young monk changed his plans and went back to his guru, groaning in pain. What happened, his guru asked. I went to get married and I got married in a dream and look what happened to me, Guruji, I'm not going to have anything more to do with that. <laughs> if that happens to me in a dream, what will happen in real life? <laughs> Baba must have relished telling that story. Huh? <laughs> Baba says, that's what our mind is like. This, the, point, the point is not, uh, is not against the world. The point's about the mind. Okay? That was my trigger alert. <clears throat> It's what our mind is like, it can be very bad for us. It's the mind which makes us suffer, not real things. Always keep it simple and direct. Don't let it get it trapped in thinking. 
If you have to think, think of the self. And so deep in your meditation, there's a wonderful happiness in meditation. Don't question <clears throat> whether that happiness exists in you. Everyone's self is pure, supremely pure. It is never tainted. The self is filled with knowledge. It gives us great virtue. It is perfectly pure. I love the nobility of this message that Baba gave over and over again. Despite whatever you've done in your life, whatever's happened to you, whatever suffering you've gone through, whatever cruelty has been visited on you, whatever misfortune you've had, the essence is pure. The essence of love, the essence of joy is still there and available. It's a wonderful message. You know, we talk about trauma and I'm ruined for life by this trauma. Not true. The trauma can only go so deep. It can go deep, but it can't touch the core, the core of your being. Now, if you touch the core of your being in meditation and in self-inquiry, you can get beyond any trauma, no matter what it is. He says, don't have any doubt about it. Our thoughts determine our condition. So think good thoughts. Everyone is a child of God. Everyone is God's light of the self. Don't doubt this at all. Let this understanding vibrate within you all the time. Not just at an intellectual level, but let it vibrate within you. Bob used to say, you should imbibe the teaching. He said, used to that all the time, which means it shouldn't just be a head trip. It should be lived, live it, bring it into your being. So it should vibrate within you. And then final story. Uh, I once read a lecture given by Swami Ramtirt in Germany. <clears throat> it's called the Lord's Club. One day all the lords gathered together in a meeting hall and decided they would form a club just for lords and no one else. Everyone agreed. Thousands of lords joined it. <clears throat> they met, and then the question arose, who is to do all the work? Who would be the president? Who would be the butler? Who would be the watchman? Who would be the clerk? Who would be the gatekeeper? Who would be the cook? <clears throat> who would clean the toilets? They're, they're all the same class, all lords. So who would do the small and who would be big? Who would be small and who would be big? Who would do all the work? Then they said, right, we'll draw lots. <clears throat> we'll write our names on a piece of paper and put them in a box. And then one whose name comes up for butler will make the tea. The watchman will stand outside. The president will be the chairman. The clerk will do the writing. And the cleaner will do the cleaning. They all agreed. Of course, then they would change. <clears throat> they drew lots, and one lord became the chairman, one lord the cook, one the other the butler, and another the cleaner. And this way they ran their club. The first meeting ended, and the next Sunday they had another meeting. This time when they drew, I guess they draw every week, they draw lots. The previous chairman became the watchman, the butler became the chairman, someone else became the cleaner, and so on. Everybody changed their jobs. When the third meeting came, they all changed again. And at the fourth meeting, they changed again. Ram Tirth, the guy who told the story, the great saint, <clears throat> who was a great saint, says that it was, in fact, a lord's club. They were all lords, but according to the lot, 
One did one thing, one did another thing, and one did another, but they didn't stop being lords. In the same way, we are all lords, children of the Supreme Lord. Doesn't matter what job we're doing, that's just the lot we've drawn. The butler never thought he was a butler while he was making tea. He knew he was a lord. The watchman and the cleaner never thought they were watchman or cleaner. They knew they were lords. And this was just an amusement for the sake of the club. <clears throat> Baba once told me, very important, it's almost the anniversary, what's today, the f fifth, fourth? Yeah. He told me, don't think I'm a butler or a cook or a cleaner or something, but think I am the self. So we should identify, I am a lord. I'm, I have the self within me. To meditate on the divinity that's within it. Don't identify with whatever lot in life we have, but on the highest. Then we become truly happy. Baba says, you and I, we've drawn a different lot. <clears throat> it won't last for long, and it'll be changed. We shouldn't think that we're a watchman or a cook or a cleaner. We should realize that we belong to a great family, the Lord's family. We seek this realization through yoga, through meditation, through Vedanta and Kashmir Shaivism. It is the fruit of prayer and praising God. This is the realization you should have. Jesus spoke like this, that the self is supremely pure. It is not different from God. Mansur Mastana, the Sufi saint, said this. Buddha spoke of this. Guru Nanak sang of this. Kabir taught this. And this is what I'm telling you people. <clears throat> so they all, they, he's saying that they all spoke the same truth in many different ways, and we get caught in the warfare between the different paths. But actually the essence of what every one of them, Jesus and the Buddha and Lord Krishna, is exactly the same when you have the eye of knowledge. Baba says, therefore meditate on yourself, worship yourself, Understand yourself. Always understand that you are perfect. That's Baba's message. <clears throat> then his final thing. The people of Melbourne have loved me and honored me very much, and they've given me their hearts. Many people have participated in this work. I don't know all their names, but there have been many. I thank them all and welcome them from my heart. My blessing to you is that night and day the inner feeling I am the pure self, should always rise up within you with every breath. Think well of others and of yourselves. We should be full of forgiveness, as this is very pleasing to God. Every man should learn to honor every man. This is the highest religion. Once again, let everyone's mind be turned towards God. Sakunat Maharaj Vijay. <clears throat> Nobody could speak it to the, as lofty and beautiful as uh, Baba. So in honor of that, that greatness that's within, we turn within and we meditate on the self. And uh, when we turn within, we focus on that greatness within, the purity, the love, the joy. You know, when you see a movie that moves you because of its sweetness, because of its love, because of its beauty, and you have an emotional 
reactions because something opened and you could touch that place in you that's so pure, that you know is pure. You know that that place is there. It's just that we can't access it all the time. So in meditation, we try to get, find a way, build a roadway to that place that we can walk and connect to that place. So let's meditate. We'll meditate for 10 minutes. And the goal of meditation is our own inner greatness, the inner self, our essence that's alive and well within every person. The obstacle is the thinking mind, all the thoughts and feelings that come up in the mind. And there are many ways to deal with that. The simplest is just to use the mantra. Om Namah Shivaya is the mantra of our tradition. Om Namah Shivaya, just repeat it and let the mind become quiet. Om Namah Shivaya means I honor the self, I turn to the self. And so let's meditate on the self for 10 minutes. Even the act of turning within and meditating on the self is the best way to honor who you truly are. So let's do that now for 10 minutes. And once again, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And I should also say uh, that Davy Meyer had some uh, surgery, men, uh, dental surgery this week, and she sends her love also. So let's meditate now for 10 minutes.